Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's top hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have a great episode for you. Obviously, we'll discuss Donald Trump. He's been indicted by federal prosecutors. He'll be doing not the perp walk because they ain't allowing cameras, but he will be appearing in Miami at the state courthouse on Tuesday. We'll break down the indictment. What does it mean? What doesn't it mean? Mm. He can still run for president. And ironically Mm -hmm. enough, there was another person who was incarcerated that ran for president and they couldn't be more opposite. Eugene Debs got 3% of the vote. About a million votes. Uh, well, they were incarcerated. So Donald <laughs> and Debs in it together again. <laughs> Plus much, much more. All right. First, I have a new impression. You want to hear it? <gasps> Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm burning alive in hell. <laughs> oh, oh, you're Pat Robertson. I'm Pat Robertson. <laughs> Very nice. Pat Robertson, 93 years dead. Obviously, the host of the 700 Club, a conservative televangelist. Why is he in hell? Because he was the one who ushered in the monetization of Christianity, also politicized evangelicalism in a way that was absolutely Mm. anti-God and very pro-him and he seeking the power that indeed he ended up getting. He was a candidate in 1988, didn't go very far, but. There's many different ways to maintain power, to get power. And without a doubt, Pat Robertson put people in office. A lot of people say it was the Limbaugh Congress, along with the Pat Robertson Congress in the mid 90s, Mm -hmm. when Newt rose to power. Mm, What a Gingrich he is. So it's interesting. (laughs) A new era is upon us. We live in a world now where Pat Robertson Uh, cooking himself in hell after he realized that God wasn't too happy with his version of Christianity. I wonder if he has to give God 10% of everything he made. Mm. Yes, Pat and Jerry Falwell, of course, famously brought evangelical votes to the Republican Party throughout the 1980s. And I would argue the Republican Party has never been the same since then. And to that point, Travis, the rise of social conservatism, obviously what uh, was espoused by Pat Robertson, both behind the pulpit and in that weird little chair he would sit in on the 700 Club (laughs) next to that one woman who I still don't know who the hell she is. (laughs) She's still alive, I'm sure. Uh, Interestingly enough, social conservatism is up five percentage points 
from last year. 38% say they're conservative on social issues. That is the highest percentage since 2012. Uh, 44% say they're economically conservative, and that is also the highest since 2012. Obviously, Pat Robertson was a key component of getting the evangelical support behind Donald Trump. That was the Mm -hmm. last president he had elected, and obviously now that president has been indicted. So it is an interesting legacy for Pat Robertson. I think he caused more damage than good. Uh, Sometimes he would be occasionally right. He did talk about the environment in a more progressive way. (laughs) That is true. He did have, that was like the only time where he would ever be like, uh, poison water's bad. And you'd be like, <laughs> right. Pat, you nailed it. But then you his solution it. would be like, we'll pray it. We'll pray <laughs> it away. We'll pray for it. Because, yeah. of course, his policies were the reason why the water was poisoned, because he was a massive uh, corporate oligarch glutton who made billions of dollars off of the blood of Christ. Yes. And I would also say broken clock right twice in every 93 years. He also acknowledged that putting people in jail for drug crimes actually made them harder criminals in the long run. And they came out worse than they were when they went in. And don't forget, Pat Robertson also ran for president himself in 1988. Yep. Really cementing himself as the evangelical voice in the Republican Party. And, you know, the legacy lives on for a long time. Going back to this Gallup poll, uh, this was conducted May 1st through May 24th. The survey is interesting because it shows uh, transgender matters, abortion, crime, drug use and teaching of gender and sexuality in schools has a decline in support from many people. The increase in conservative identification on social issues obviously has been shown more within the Republican Party. Uh, Right now in 2021, it was 60 percent. Right now, it's 74 percent that say that they are socially conservative. Well, just 29 percent of Democrats say that they are socially conservative. I'm not exactly sure if you're a Democrat, how you square that circle. Uh, But nonetheless, if they want to be a big tent party, you do need to have some, I suppose, more traditional Christian value or Mm. Abrahamic religion people, followers, uh, you know, espousing their views as well. But when it comes to government, of course, the government uh, should not take people in charge, should not take their personal theology and expand it into governmental policy, which is very unfortunate because that's exactly what the evangelical movement, as we've mentioned with Falwell and Robertson, did. That was the point. You couldn't just say that you were a Christian. You couldn't just say, for example, Jimmy Carter in 76 coming out as an evangelical, but then he didn't do enough for social conservatism. It was very pragmatic. It was very activist. Mm -hmm. And indeed, Pat Robertson was an activist and he changed the landscape of the American political uh, mountain. I mean, he changed, he changed American politics for uh, definitely the past you know, 60 years yeah. and who knows how many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what's so interesting about this social conservatism being on the rise with young people. We're also seeing record amounts of anti LGBTQ laws coming from all kinds of state legislatures all over the country. I mean, again, as we've talked about on this show, the evangelicals do unfortunately bring a big government brand to the Republican party and that they want the government to control people's lives. It's an interesting stat for sure. And that's again, why a lot of people discussing 
the faith in the uh, younger generations, I don't know. I'm not sure where the pendulum is swinging uh, at this point in the country. And again, not at all to do with the community, the gay community, the LGBTQ community. Um, I don't think the CIA needs to be tweeting about pride. <laughs> right. I don't think that Target right. necessarily needs to be on the front lines of this shit. Right. Like maybe because I think it gives a bad. I mean, I don't know. Fernando, you can speak to it. Uh, I've looked at a couple of ding dongs during football <laughs> practice. I just don't think it's representative of, as a whole of, of, of I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Where was the CIA during the AIDS crisis in it's the 80s? Causing it. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that the CIA. Rainbow think, bombs. Yeah. <laughs> gay bombs. Get them. Gay bombs. Gay bombs kill just like straight bombs do. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I wanted to talk about a little bit about the social uh, the social issue you're talking about, how, yeah. about how the young are turning conservative. I feel like I'm seeing that too, Ben. I know a few educators and they talk about that 11 to 15 year olds, their greatest hero right now is and male specifically little boys. Their greatest hero is Andrew Tate. And, and this oh, guy is no. all about conservative ideology. He's you know, all like, about something. He's so misogynistic and such a fucking asshole. I mean, the the best thing, the the least worst thing about him is his misogyny. Exactly. And it I just, believe, doesn't he also have a bunch of people held captive to do cam that's work why, for him? That's Kidnapping, why he was in. Yeah, that, that's mm -hmm. why he was in jail for all those months. He's so, such a toad. But it, it reminds me again of Pat Robertson. If you put yourself out there like Pat Robertson realized, if I put myself on TV, even right. if, it, you know, because even I would see Pat Robertson on Sunday morning and I or, you know, Saturday yep. night and I would just Same. watch. It made no sense, but I would just sit there and watch. You're going to catch some flies if you set out the oh, honey, absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And he was also one of the first ones to have the books. Uh, he is his pla lesson plans basically were Andrew taught Tate, in churches. Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate. Well, no, no, I don't know if Andrew Tate is in the evangelical. Andrew Tate, I see, is more of a secular, but I don't know. But I think Pat Robertson, Andrew Tate's going to flame out. He's just going to end up being incarcerated and the kids are going to make be like, oh, that was stupid when we listened to that guy. You're probably right. <laughs> but, but Pat I, Robertson, he had and, and, tell, and then again, I don't know, but I just don't see a Andrew Tate getting a senator elected. Right. But what I'm saying right. is that what Pat Robertson built, we're still seeing today. I'm saying like, Absolutely. like the, 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 mm -hmm. the learning that you can go on TV and you can spout your bullshit and you if you do it just right and you do it enough and you put yourself out there enough, you'll get fans and people will pay. And I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a billionaire like Pat Roberts, but I'm saying I think the playbook is set up and we're seeing. We're seeing the effects of it with social ideology change to these more conservative thoughts. Well, exactly. And I know my parents, um, my parents kind of fell for it. A lot of people fell for it. Uh, he has the Christian Broadcasting Network. Of course, that's CBN, I believe, tax exempt. And the wow. reason that right. he wow. got all of this money was off the hard work of people that would watch him and donate yeah. their hard earned money, even though they were dead broke. And. You know, he was one of the first people to say the more you give, the better your life is going to be, which is not true whatsoever. And then also I was thinking when I mentioned tithing, where do the where does Joel Osteen tithe? Right. You don't right. give it to God. Does he put it in a <laughs> fucking rocket ship? Mm, right. Where, like, right. They just right. take all of it. Right. They, and right, so Pat it. Robertson, I think, was just representative of a very greedy interpretation of Christianity and a man who I wouldn't even know. I don't know what his. His moral compass was so skewed by power, aforementioned greed, celebrity. I mean, oh, these yeah. people are famous as shit, and it's not on accident. He set right. it up. Televangelists. That's yes. what yes. they call them, yes. right? You took your evangelicals, 
beliefs and put them all over TV, syndication all over the country. Absolutely right, Fernando. I remember waking up on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. I like to watch, as we mentioned in the last show, I like to watch Tim Russert or Meet the Press. And, you know, we didn't have cable. You flip around four channels and the other channel has Pat Robertson on it. It's like, good grief, get him out of here. And when it comes to indoctrination, in 1977, he founded the Christian Broadcasting Network University. Mm. Uh, and of course, now we have universities like Liberty University. Yes, that's Fallwells. Which has yeah. become, that's Fallwells, which has become mainstream. They have mm-hmm. a relatively successful football team or a basketball team. I believe they made it to the NCAA <laughs> Sweet 16 or something. Yay, Jesus. <laughs> and I have a friend whose son is going there. Not, I mean, whatever. I don't, right. Whatever. It's just that is how powerful and institutionalized now the evangelical roots have become in this country. They Mm -hmm. have multiple universities. And I think a lot of people don't even see Liberty university as different than, you know, Milwaukee university where I went, Um, even though again, their courses are going to be very skewed. And uh, perhaps that's why again, we're seeing sort of a pushback on um, traditional liberalism as more people are becoming socially conservative. Again, the, still the statistics on people who are socially conservative, it is still under 50%. But I do think growing, that for the most people, is it is growing for now and ebbs and flows, obviously. Okay. And hopefully, you know, it doesn't, well, it is getting out of hand. That's you know, exa- that's when we talk exactly. about social conservative, it's, yeah. we're not talking about like people who are, you know, talking about um, what, like porno. Right. No, we're no, talking we're, about yeah. people who are actively going out, committing acts of violence, uh, protesting drag shows, protesting at elementary schools in Hollywood. The I old mean, social crazy. conservative was the old social conservatism was just what these boobies, the boobs of the, the man. My <laughs> husband looked at another woman's beef and I'm against it. You know, the tipper gore. Democratic version of social conservatism. Well, again, you know, Pat Roberts has died. But what I'm saying is I think the legacy he's established remains because MTG, MTG is basically modern day, a modern day style. She's involved in politics. She claims to be conservative, but she's really all about the money and the corporation. She's and and we're, we're seeing it in the policies. I mean, again, the anti-LGBTQ legislation all over the country, record amounts right now. Yeah. And don't forget, uh, again, in terms of evangelical activism, they're taking over school boards. They're taking over school districts. State PTO houses. parents yeah. vote. State houses. All they of do. Them, so. And of course, let's not forget uh, when it comes to my, in my personal opinion, the worst president in my lifetime, even though he paints cute pictures of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Robertson supported George H.W. Bush, and of course, he supported W. Bush as well. Uh, George W. Bush, one of the worst presidents uh, in American history, and as I said, the worst president in my lifetime. His father made to look like a moderate compared to the demon spawn that was George W. Bush, Mm -hmm. the man who brought Mm -hmm. us into the longest war in American history for absolutely nothing. No gain whatsoever. Have you seen oil prices? Mm. I thought that we were supposed to get those lowered. Uh, Interestingly enough, Robertson supported Rudy Giuliani in 2008. (laughs) Of course. So only the most pious for Robertson. (laughs) Oh, no. I believe by that time, Rudy has already, he had already dressed up put on his little gown and kissed Donnie. (laughs) Mm. Yes, absolutely. There's nothing more evangelical than that, baby. So there you go. It's a big day or a big week when it comes to uh, the death in the evangelical community. Pat Robertson, again, a man who I believe has done far more harm than good. Amen. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom, an official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it, kbb.com it. All right, the Supreme Court, let's move on just briefly here. This is good news. Uh, Voting rights, we talk about it all the time. Without voting rights, you don't have a democratic republic. In a five to four ruling, interestingly enough, two conservative justices sided with the liberals. That was Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh. They decided that an Alabama congressional map that was drawn violated the 1965 Voting Rights Act. The chief justice himself suggested last year that he was open to the changes in the way the court weighs discrimination cases under the law. So basically what they have done here now is um, given back this district, they've given them back two more congressional seats. Because of the ruling, new maps are likely in Alabama and Louisiana that could allow Democratic-leaning black voters to elect their preferred candidates in two more congressional seats. So, mm-hmm. again, you can't have a democracy if everyone doesn't vote. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the areas where uh, the Supreme Court has made the right decision. I, again, don't know what is wrong with Clarence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is like the it's also like, what, what? what is the point of being in the I don't understand a Supreme Court justice. Once you see Roberts, especially once you see Kavanaugh, yeah. you got to be like, now, what am I doing? <laughs> what, what's right. the point of voting in favor of restricting people's rights to vote? I just don't get it. Right. He's just, he's checking his phone for messages from Harlan Crow. Be like, uh, what do I do? How should <laughs> yeah, I vote? What do, I this do? One? Uh, yeah. do you do you have any uh, property in Alabama? I'll, I'll do what you want. <laughs> so anyway, that is some good news. Um, also, Jamie Dimon, I mentioned him a episode ago or so. He's the CEO of J.P. Morgan. Some people had suggested that he should run for president. If he would run for president, he would have a lot of answering to do to victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Ooh, uh, he was in charge of J.P. Morgan Chase when uh, when uh, J.P. Morgan, when Epstein was using them to hold his money as a bank. <laughs> right. And despite the fact he was a convicted pedophile. So that would be something that we would be hearing a lot about mm. if someone like Jamie Dimon does decide to run for president. If I was him, life is good enough. Okay. Because... Yeah. Uh, uh, it's released the list. Absolutely. When it comes to Epstein and Jamie Dimon will have it, who is funding all of this stuff. It won't look good for him. 
Uh, okay, I, I'm not defending Jamie Dimon in any way, but I will point out that there's other executives that could have also done the same thing for Epstein. So if we're going to burn this guy on the boat, we got to put all of them on the boat. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying just because he was thrown around as a potential candidate. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The bank is now being sued by an accuser and the government Good. of the U.S. Virgin Islands for allegedly facilitating and financially benefiting from Uh-oh. Epstein's sex trafficking, of course, of young women all over the world. That'll be, mm. it, that would be interesting if indeed he does end up throwing his name into the hat. And we would definitely maybe find out a lot more about the finances of Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Yes. And is, we obviously know that having ties to Jeffrey Epstein will only make you president at some point. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. <laughs> All right. And just lastly, before we get to Marjorie Taylor Greene, in an important note, speaking of voting, speaking of databases, so there's voter databases, right? Okay. Now, these databases have to be updated. Uh, that's how you get mailers. That's how you get to, that's how you're informed if there's an election. Right. There's something interesting going on. About 12.3 million black and Latino people are missing or listed with incorrect information on voter databases all across the country. Now, that means that 40 percent of black and Latino people are essentially invisible. According to the Stanford study, that's there's only 18 percent of white people that have missing or mislisted uh, information. So we got to make sure that information is out there. We got to make sure it's right. And again, you have to wonder uh, who benefits from this in Georgia, Mm. in Wisconsin uh, and Arizona. Uh, Joe Biden won uh, by, I believe it was like 20,000 votes. I mean, so these this does really right. matter when it comes to the amount of people voting. And um, when when we get into the millions, I mean, that's a big that's big. Oh, it's absolutely huge. And, and Republicans know this. That's why so many Republican led states are leaving that national voter database that we t- uh, talk about. The acronym is ERIC, I believe, uh, Electronic Registration Information Center, something along those lines. But many Republican states are leaving the, the ERIC voting registration system, which actually makes it harder for you to catch voter fraud. In fact, the uh, Secretary of State there in Georgia, who had to argue with Donald Trump, all about finding 11,000 more votes. And obviously that's another lawsuit that's probably going to hit Donald Trump this summer. Yep. But that secretary of state, albeit he being a Republican, he is committed to staying in those types of registration systems for exactly the reasons you're talking about now, Ben. Yep. And there's a there's a project in Georgia called the New Georgia Project. Uh, they are trying to uh, get more people again on the voter rolls. They want they want to get high opportunity voters uh, to go out and be active. So uh, there's also an organization called Living United for Change in Arizona, or Lucha. In 2022, it's focused on reaching first-time and infrequent voters attempting to contact damn near half a million people. So there's a lot of folks out there. Now, again, when it comes to democracy, who knows if those people are going to vote right or left. And to be honest right. with you, it's just about social engagement. Yep. And uh, the more we can get, for our case study that is an election, I think the more representative it will be. That's why these politicians that we're going to get to right now seem so freaking out of touch because mm-hmm. they come from gerrymandered, redistricted areas where they're just allowed to run uncontested or contested by someone who has no freaking chance in hell. All right. Let's talk Marjorie Taylor Grain, Glass-Steagall. Mm. I can't believe we're bringing up Glass-Steagall, and I can't believe there's a member of the House of Representatives that doesn't know what it is. So in mm. um, early mid-90s, Glass-Steagall was repealed. It came to be in 1933, and it was exceptionally important 
when it comes to uh, limiting corporate greed and oligarchic power. I know that, Travis, you can fill us in a little bit more on what it actually did, but let's just play Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, interestingly enough, channeling uh, her, her her inner me when I do my creepypastas, reading this uh, question absolutely, uh, absolutely horribly. Will you lead... Will you lead the charge in reapplying the Glass-Steagall Act of 1933? I was born in 1974, so I'm not familiar with that. Oh, my God. But I can have my staff look into it. Anna's back there. Anna's going to look into it. She went, thank you, Anna. Anna flew down from Washington today, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay, so Glass- I have a feeling Anna was born after 1933, too. But okay, whatever, yes. whatever, do it. Yeah. I mean, again, just talk about zero desire to learn history. <laughs> right. Uh, inter- Anything. Interestingly enough, it was uh, signed into law by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, someone who we we're talking about on last podcast with our Manhattan Project uh, series. But Travis, just a nutshell, just give our audience why was Glass Steagall so important when it comes to. Um, avoiding what we saw in 2008 and what we're seeing now in 2023-24 right when it comes I mean, to the good, when it comes to economics well and banking mainly and banking, banking. Yes. It, it all came down to how banks are regulated because that's what happened which led to the 1929 great depression the right. big crash right the big stock market crash that caused uh, almost damn near two decades and franklin delano roosevelt had to come in and clean up the mess because herbert hoover refused to do anything about it. That's why in 1933, Glass-Steagall, it was carefully designed to make sure that investment banks and where banks uh, were banks like where people kept their money yeah. were separate. And if you put your money into a bank, that bank couldn't just go take your money and go start investing in a bunch of crazy things, which is what we also saw uh, post Glass-Steagall repeal with the recent Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. They were taking people's money and putting it into very risky investments. Banks aren't supposed to do that. It's not good policy. And I think that's back in 1986, one of the reasons, because we were, it was a different time. The economy was good. Clinton and the Republicans in Congress, they're getting along great. And so I think people were just like, you know what? We're finally at a point where banks, they're doing good and they'll just, they'll always do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Indeed, narrator voice, they did not. That's what led to the big housing crash of 2007, bank crash of 2008. And now, again, like we just said this last year, saw it again in Silicon Valley Bank. Yes, indeed. And the uh, why is it called Glass-Steagall? It's named after Senator Carter Glass and Representative Henry B. Steagall. When it comes to banks using our money that we invest with them and investing in frivolous, very high-risk stocks. Bitcoin? <laughs> Bitcoin. You know, again, yeah. that's what has led to so much... Um, so much, first of all, tension within every single home economically, and then mm. just uh, uh, upheaval within our economic yeah. system. Yeah. And of course, oh, yeah. this also plays into uh, people who are in power, being able to benefit more from yes. the stock market, from those uh, banks. Again, that's why we have, I mean, my personal opinion, once the repeal of Glass-Steagall began, that's when banks really started to pressure members of Congress oh, to do their bidding. Right. And that's when they really got in there with their, um, uh, what are the, the name of the folks that go to Washington on behalf of a bank? Lobbyists. Lobbyists. That's, lobbyists. When, the lo- that's when the lobbyist money really kicked in for banks. Right. And that's what we saw. What was that then? So 12, 14 years later or so? 
2008, mm-hmm. and then yeah. boom, that's exactly what what happened. Yep. And we're seeing it happen right now again. And don't forget, there was also that little tech crash that happened like right away, like the five bubble. years after the 96 repeal of Glass-Steagall. You had the E-Trades. You remember you had uh, internet trading that was very big, and all of a sudden banks were allowed to do it. And boom, he had a first crash in 2000, then was completely amplified by the 9-11 economic crash. Mm. And just six, seven years later, then you got your housing bubble burst. And then that economic crash, I think Fernando pointed out before we came on the show and started recording. But there's a reason why this legislation was so important in the wake of the big economic crash of 1929, which led to the Great Depression. And that's because it controls those types of massive crashes and those kind of massive depressions from happening. And now look, what are we? We're 23 years into the new American century here. And we've already had multiple big crashes happening on because of banks don't know what they're doing. And Glass-Steagall was basically completely gutted in 1999 from the Graham-Leach-Billy Act. Oh, Blilly. gosh. It's Blilly. <laughs> it's the Graham-Leach-Billy Act. Man, they sound like a horrible folk band. <laughs> Leach and Blilly. Who doesn't love that? Uh, they got rid of the two provisions which restricted affiliations between banks and security firms. Again, leading to a more monopolized pr- mm-hmm. approach. Yep. to the United States economy, which yep. is, again, why we have the strong oligarch class that we have today. So the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene, someone <laughs> yes. who is pretending as if she is fighting for the working class people right. in this country, doesn't right. know about Glass-Steagall and what the repeal did to those people that she's pretending to be uh, the leader of is just mind-numbing and aggravating and why we're fucked right now. Right. Right. And that's probably why she got asked that question at that town hall, because some Trumper or Republican who actually had voted for her and goes to town halls like this is probably reading about why Silicon Valley, that crash happened, you know, oh. during the Biden administration. And they probably were just reading about it. It's like, oh, Glass-Steagall would have prevented this entirely. Interestingly enough as well, speaking of Eugene Debs and Donald Trump, there's another socialist that is like Donald Trump, in this case, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders and Trump both disagreed with the repeal of Glass-Steagall. So that's one of those interesting, again, Venn diagrams of of, of Trumpism. So even that should mean that Marjorie Taylor Greene should know something about it (laughs) because you would think she would have heard it from some of her constituents on one end or the other. Right. On one end or the other. Right. To quote MTG, I don't recall. I don't (laughs) recall. All right. And just lastly, before we get to Donald Trump, another psychopath that is running the show in Washington, D.C., is being sued. By a dude named David Wheeler. Lauren Boebert, evidently this uh, this Wheeler guy was like, she does a bunch of drugs and has sex with everybody for money. And abortions. And, and she loves having abortions. She can't get enough Whoa. of abortions. Anyway, <laughs> okay. so then Boebert went on the Sean Hannity radio show and basically, I guess, said that this guy was an asshole, right? And then David Wheeler, who is the president of American Muckrakers Political Action Committee, said, you Whoa. don't say that about me. And now Whoa. he's suing Lauren Boebert. The suit says defendant Boebert admitted during that broadcast that her motive was to thwart plaintiff's First Amendment rights to public participation Mm. in matters of public concern, stating we're going to make sure this political hack. This is Boebert. We're going to make sure this political hack never has the opportunity to do this to anyone else. Again, I actually think <laughs> Bobsy might win this one. I'm not sure if I, I don't know. Dude, what did I don't know? You can David Wheeler 
I, the president of the American Muckrakers Political Action Committee. This is why everyone politics are everyone's disgusting. <laughs> well, I think and Fernando, you can uh, you can espouse on this even further. But it sounds like the muckraker, which, again, is muckraking journalism. You're digging up dirt. You're getting in the muck. Yeah. He dug up these facts about Lauren Boebert <laughs> and then said them. And then she got mad. So she made stuff up and try to limit this man's freedom of speech sure. on Sean, Sean Hannity's radio show. And ladies and gentlemen, you can't do that. That's defamation. And, yeah. and as Fernando pointed out, Fernando, please have at it. She's not, she's not actually, back. she's not suing back for him saying that she did meth or had two abortions or worked as a sex escort. She's busy having abortions and working as a sex <laughs> doing meth. escort. I'm not judging her for that. I'm upset. She's hypo- a hypocrite about it. Okay? Yes. According <laughs> yes, to yes. Uh, this fella, he says Congresswoman Bobert served as a paid escort, had twice aborted pregnancies and used illegal drugs, including methamphetamine. Uh, the defense, the defendant then went on the offensive by threatening litigation and making the news story about the plaintiff's character funding and alleged mendacity. So uh, I don't know. This seems to me like it's probably going to get thrown out at some point, to be honest with you. Um, It just seems, again, it's just mean girls. Moronic politics (laughs) at its worst. One person says that the other person's a total whore and then the whore. No, that's not right. And then the other person says, no, you're a whore. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's just calling everyone a slut. I guess it's again. It's just funny that she didn't sue back. Because some, there must the be mid- some truth. We're in the beginning of World War III. <laughs> right, sure, sure. But, and also, I mean, I know we're going to get to Donald, but in terms of, like, legal problems, this is, like, the least of Lauren Boebert's legal problems right now. She's got her divorce. She's got... Uh, her business went under. She's Shooters. Got the, kid, the kids calling the, the cops because the, cops oh, the yeah. dad's throwing them around. I mean, Lauren Boebert's got bigger fish to fry. She even missed the debt ceiling vote. I, know. I saw this video where she She's was so running so to make the vote ridiculous. so she could vote against the debt ceiling. And then she just like missed it and she had to missed lie it. about she it. She was like oh. going live. She was too busy doing meth and having abortions. <laughs> I think if she was doing meth, she would have been there. <laughs> oh, she would have voted like 17 times. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Anyway, that's just a little bit of the uh, minutia <laughs> from the sewers of Washington Dace. I guess like this does not damage Bobert's reputation, but I don't what, know what it does, <laughs> like it's all it par for the course. I mean, I mean that's why I she didn't sue. For that's Lauren, why she didn't yeah. sue. I can just <laughs> see I, her and George Santos eating lunch together. <laughs> like, girl, you're so day? crazy. No, you're crazy. <laughs> you're girl. crazy. No, you're crazy. Snort. <laughs> <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right. Well, speaking of 
Well, someone who appears to be on drugs, but actually says he's not. Mostly Diet Coke, Donald Trump. Let's start here <laughs> with, uh, before we get to Donald, let's start with his White House valet. Again, everyone oh. connected to Donald Trump ends up falling. Oh. That is the problem with oh. this corrupt man. This guy named Walt Nuda. He was a U.S. Navy veteran, a longtime aide. Uh, he was reportedly caught on security cameras moving classified oh, boxes no. at Mar-a-Lago. He has now been charged. Uh, we'll see. No. Uh, he's been charged alongside the president as a result of special counsel Jack Smith's classified document probe. Again, the dude's a U.S. Navy veteran, longtime aide, taking the fall for Donald Trump because he was yeah, did he what he was told, basically not to use, uh, no twos, whatever. Charges, they total six counts, including concealing a document in federal in a federal investigation, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and making false statements and representations. So it's not just Donald Trump. Again, they all fall together. Let's mm. go on and discuss now what the federal indictment has revealed regarding Donald Trump. It is so stupid. Mm. He is so <laughs> stupid. Ugh. It's like unbelievable. All of this stuff is self-inflicted. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. number one, special counsel Jack Smith. This is what he has to say when it comes to how Trump did shit. Trump handled the classified documents exceptionally sloppily, haphazardly, including stashing documents in a shower, a bedroom, oh and uh, on stage in a ballroom. <laughs> what? He put classified documents oh, yeah, on yeah. stage. Because when people do weddings at, at Mar-a-Lago, he can, he can like, show the, oh, the no. documents like, look at this. Look so at that guy here. He's just in the bathroom reading. He's in the shower? Oh, no. I mean, what is he hiding money like Joel Osteen? <laughs> in the walls. It's so comically stupid. And yeah. it's, he's looking at 20 freaking years because of it. Ooh. They also evidently uh, altered the footage. Oh, so no. when the CIA or when the FBI came in and took their security camera footage, it had been altered. I'm just going to go out on a limb oh. and say that Donald Trump doesn't have the best editors. I would <laughs> oh, love yeah. to see the Columbo right? like, well, the shrubbery is quite large in this <laughs> second. And over here, you know, it's been shaved a bit. It's been cut almost <laughs> like it was two different times. The indictment to me, it just shows, again, such a haphazard approach. First of all, as he was president, and then second yeah. of all, post-presidency, all he had to do was give him back. Instead, he literally showed Kid Rock war plans, active plans oh, no. that were going on in Ukraine. Kid Rock literally is in an interview. I don't know if you saw this, but he was in an interview with, I think it was Tucker, and Kid Rock literally yeah. is like, am I supposed to be seeing this, yes, man? Yes. Wow, this is like, oh no. he's so, yeah. I, I don't know what, I think his Achilles heel, ironically enough, is he wants people to think he's interesting. He yeah. And I loved. think he wants yeah. he wants to show the kids the toys. Mm -hmm. It must stem back to being four years old, just being like, come and hang out with me. I got the new Dick Tracy so watch. So Whatever yeah. the hell he had. You right. just I can just see him just thinking this is going to make me a cool kid. The only thing I've ever really wanted, because at the end of the day, he's a rich bitch from Queens. Yeah, and his mom and dad didn't like paying attention to him, so he had to steal classified documents for anybody to be his friend. I absolutely agree with you, Ben. I mean, 
Also, Columbo, I wish Columbo was on this case. I, mean, I, I do, too. Said, I was like, you said you, you don't have any classified documents, uh, but we checked, and you were on uh, Sean Hannity saying you got a bunch of classified documents. I, well, that was the other. And then Trump is just like, Hannity was like, he's like but you don't have classified documents. He's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it, Sean. I read them in the bathroom. I got them laminated, so I can even masturbate <laughs> to them in the shower. It is just unbelievable. Also, again, the irony is, I don't even think he read them. <laughs> right. Because he was just hoarding them. Can't read. We, I mean, he can read. <laughs> he it, reads one page. That's his thing. He would read one. He does learn the via front, picture. The front. <laughs> so, because I, I don't even think he's interested. No, he's not. He's, he's not. never had an interest. No. It is just ridiculous. And so now this is, again, the second time, I suppose, again, going back to Eugene Debs that someone might run for president well incarcerated. <laughs> At the very least, he will be wearing an ankle bracelet, most likely. Yeah, right? And then he'll he'll probably lie about that, too. Like, ankle bracelet? I don't... Ow! <laughs> now, I do want to make one historical point, because Eugene Debs was in jail for very, very different reasons. Yes, of course. Eugene Debs <laughs> criticized World War One publicly Ooh. as a politician, which was right. illegal at that time. It went against, I believe, the Sedition Act, uh, or something of that type. And Woodrow Wilson put Eugene Debs in jail and uh, Eugene Debs still ran in 1916. And yes, 3% of the voting demographic were still like, Eugene Debs is my guy. And they voted for him. And by the way, Eugene Debs only got out of jail after Warren G. Harding, the president after Woodrow Wilson, pardoned him. And it was a very popular move on Warren G. Harding's part. Interesting. Okay, so the first thing, again, that we've learned is that Trump handled all of this stuff like he had ketchup on his fingers, sloppy. Why is it on stage in a ballroom? (laughs) Why are these documents in bedrooms and showers? Uh, Second of all, uh, they say that he knowingly did this. He had discussions about the documents in which he said, can you believe I have this shit? (laughs) Like he was (laughs) literally talking again to people like Kid Rock, be like, I'm not supposed to have this and I have it. So that's another angle to it. Uh, The third is that Trump was well aware of both of the laws around the classified documents and the fact that these particular documents were not declassified. Mm. As a matter of fact, the audio that came out this past week was that he knew they were not declassified, not doing himself any favors. And then fourth, Trump was personally involved in schemes to hide the documents when the federal government broke down his doors. He even apparently hid the documents from his attorneys. Uh, The indictment carefully lays out a case with pictures, text, and again, the aforementioned surveillance footage. So, wow. Why? Why? I'm yeah. He's so stupid. I'm still reeling from the shock of this valet. Ben, if you asked me, Puffin or Jerry, to commit a federal <laughs> crime for you, you're my mentor. I love you. I look up to you so much. That's but, Puffin he's talking to. But I'm, <laughs> thank you very much, Fernando. But I promise I'm not going to serve time in federal no. prison for you. And no. I would never put you in that position that just shows you that yes, that's Trump right. exactly he exactly. doesn't think about it I, mean, I don't want to do the quarter the the uh, psychiatrist quarterback that's been <laughs> happening for seven fucking years with this guy but right. <laughs> you know go do this and then the person just does it and yeah. they truly live in this in this realm where well because Donnie told me to do it I'm sure it'll be fine there's no way this guy's untouchable right but holy hell at some point again even a Teflon pan has that final leg 
that sticks right. to it, and you're like, yeah. oh, I guess we got to throw this one away. Throw it out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, Michael Cohen, I mean, this is exactly what he said. He was like, he was doing all these things, and obviously those charges are also now up against Trump in the New York uh, office the, yep. uh, with the Manhattan DA. Yes. So he's dealing with that, and that was Cohen, and now he's got this poor chauffeur doing this on this federal case. And then don't forget, we've got charges looming out of Georgia. Yep. The uh, the the DA, the prosecutors in that case have already called for more security when they announce their potential charges later this summer. So this oh is God. what happens. And that's like regarding word- that's regarding him. Where can you find the votes? That's the find, find the, the votes. votes. Find, and right? literally okay. pressuring again, trying to find yes men to do his bidding. And in that case, he's again recorded on a phone call. He's just so stupid. And he, and it, it just it boggles the mind. You're absolutely right. He's done this to himself. He doesn't know how to think about anyone but himself. And this is where it's got him, dude. The worst thing he ever did was running for president. But at the very least, like, shouldn't you also have some self-preservation? Like a lot of people would be like distancing myself from classified documents. It's, like he's he only thinks about himself, but then he also doesn't think about himself. It's what you talked about, that he truly does think he's an unstoppable. The, the hubris, mm-hmm. the hubris of, be, of being that rich from day zero yep. really shows. And he has gotten away with it for so long. And it reminds me of his fellow uh, cohort, Roger Stone. Roger Stone lied himself into all the indictments he received after the 2016 election. Yeah. He said he was in touch with Julian Assange. He wasn't. He was just trying to sound important. <laughs> and then when they got him on this and started questioning him, then he lied to Congress, which is just another crime. And so if you uh. try to be important and be dumb instead and then lie to the federal government about it, oh, buddy, they're going to knock on your door. So there's a 38 count indictment. Um, We'll see what happens. One of the uh, interesting things when it comes to the coverage of this, people are pretending like they're not happy. I was watching MSNBC (laughs) for like five seconds before I got sick. And uh, the guy, the guy was like, I was a federal prosecutor. The day you bring charges is a somber day. I'm like, just celebrate you fucking idiots. Yeah, we all you've been talking about this for so goddamn long. So just sell it. You feel they, they should have had when Alex Jones was celebrating when Donald Trump won. Right. They should have had like mm, the champagne. champagne. Just have fun with it then. Yeah. Right. Y'all yeah, know morning, that you wanted this to happen. Yeah. Morning Joe had like 15 panelists on this morning, but they all should have just been drinking mimosas because this is going to be good coverage for MSNBC for the next, I don't know, months, years. It's crazy to me that the one president that went to jail for sedition was Eugene and not this guy that should be in jail right. for sedition. That's just again, crazy to me. <laughs> to Travis's point, yes. I'm just pointing that out because they happen to have both, or potentially this one going to prison, yeah. but very different reasons. But that is an, a very good point also, Ben, and that is will this actually sink Donald Trump's campaign in the Republican primary? His numbers are still going crazy. You got all these other non-Trumpers who are going to divide up the non-Trump vote. He could potentially get the nomination run from prison, and if Joe Biden keeps falling down, he could win and then pardon himself. Didn't that happen in, um? what was the name of that? What's that TV show that came back with a third season that nobody liked, but it was really, really funny? Arrested uh, Development? Cards? Didn't, arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Didn't yeah, that yeah, guy? Yeah. Anyway. So, be, <laughs> But yes, to that point, I want to talk about that uh, from a political perspective in just one second. Uh, just lastly, with this, uh, Donald Trump, every single charge carries a potential Maximum of 20 years, that's per count, violating the Espionage Act, carries a maximum sentence of 10 years, and both the conspiracy and false statement charges, uh, those carry a sentence of five years per offense. 
That is real time. That's a lot. That's a lot. So when we talk about federal charges, unlike what's happening with the Manhattan DA, this is something that the president could be pardoned for by another president. Interestingly enough, to see how people running within the Republican primary are handling this, uh, you have people like Chris Christie, who is basically, again, just like, right. throw my fupa at him, drown, <laughs> have him drown in my fupa. But then you have Ron DeSantis, and DeSantis is making an interesting move here. He's saying that he would pardon Donald Trump if he was president. And you wonder oh, if mm. that is going to be able Ooh. to peel away some of that Trump support right. by yeah. Trumpers who are like, well, let's get DeSantis in there. At least then we can pardon us. Trump. Yeah. And then, I mean, right. apparently the, Trump would be like 105. <laughs> but and then after DeSantis, maybe Trump can come back some bizarre vision mm-hmm. of that but DeSantis is like tripled down he said that he would pardon oh, uh, Donald right. and I wonder again is that the uh, the carrot is that like you know the little bit of love for the Trump base where they see him as someone who's going to help get Trump out of prison so let's vote for DeSantis right I mean Ron DeSantis's presidential launch has been nothing but a disaster yes. so far as we've covered on the show he's not doing anything right he can't talk to people but this is again a great carrot a little lure to put in the water for that MAGA nation vote because that's what he's been courting this whole time trump frankly has been the one who's keeping it for himself and not letting anyone else have it so in the event trump can't get that MAGA vote then ron DeSantis, that's honestly a smart move to just say you know what? I'll pardon the guy. And then all of a sudden they'll flock to Ron DeSantis. I definitely see the Republican Party as the party that wants to win the race versus the party that just will stick with their horse. Does that kind of make sure. sense? So yeah, I think yeah, Democrats, whatever it takes. Yeah. Democrats right. will, will choose Biden. And it's like, that's our horse. We're going to stick with Biden regardless of what they say. But Republicans. And then the horse falls down. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> exactly. And then horse don't get back up. But with the Republicans, <laughs> they just want to make sure they win the race. So you're very right, Ben. They could see Trump as now like, hey, the walls have closed in too much. His two of his lawyers have quit today. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. His legal teams that. In shambles, the whole thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So at least Ron will get in and we have our guy in there. And they, he, hey, like you said, he gave us that carrot that says he'll pardon our Donnie. At least our Donnie won't be rotting in jail for saving America. Right. You know? He also told his attorneys to lie to the FBI. And that's all on. It's all audio. <laughs> My God, as this thing oh, unfurls, boy. it's going to be fascinating and talk about again. Just didn't it didn't have to do it. He did it. Yeah, it's so much easier yeah. not to steal a bunch of documents. You fired. He could have stayed. A, <laughs> he could have stayed. It's like, just so stupid. He had seven U.S. intelligence agency documents among uh, everything that he was storing: the CIA, the NSA, Department of Defense. Uh, the documents again; they were sensitive topics: ballroom, a bathroom, and a shower, and an office space. Of course, Donald Trump took to Truth Social to call it a witch hunt. Um, but my God, we'll just see what happens now. I, I, you know, for the longest time, he's going to always, you know, going back to that evangelical streak within the Republican Party. They mm. love to feel persecuted. Oh, yeah. This oh, plays yeah. into the, the narrative that yeah. the deep state has had, mm-hmm. you know, Donnie in the crosshair this whole time. Low QAnon loves this. But it's also really just the human element, which we talk about is a man who was too fucking stupid not to get federally indicted by the FBI. All he had to do was give the documents back. That's it. Oops. Mm-hmm. All he had to do would be like, oh, storage unit. Didn't realize it. Sorry. Here you go. He's so stupid. Hire a task. So rabbit. stupid. Hire a task rabbit. And go, hey, get rid of anything that looks like a classified. Take it back to the White House for me. That's the sad <laughs> thing. But isn't that I mean, that was like like some like 
again, the news networks that are pretending like they're news be like, it's somber. It is sad for the country. But the only sad thing to me is that we had someone with such a fucking limited intellect in yeah. power for yep. so long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, oh, sure. He's just an idiot. Hubris, we the, call that. Yeah, indeed. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that stuff. I'm sure that you all have heard about it. It's about a 50-page indictment. Well, again, he'll be in Miami. Um, that'll be, oh, I suppose he'll be there actually on in federal court on Thursday. Um, security, my God, that's going to be real tight. Oof. I believe what's happening in Georgia, they said they might announce for around November. Uh, August. Oh, what, August, was it? Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, Fulton County, they've requested more security, specifically towards the end of the summer. And as we've seen um, with the people that do support this man, they, uh, I will die standing in my boots. <laughs> right. So, again, be safe and be careful because he's definitely going to be ramping up, riling up his crowd as yeah. uh, all of this stuff comes to fruition. Now, uh, just lastly, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but is Georgia, Georgia would be state charges, right? Or is that federal? Hmm. You know, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. I, well, yeah, well, well, you know, when they when they get filed, then we'll know. Yeah, then we'll know, because if they're federal again, he can be pardoned if sta- state charges to me are the ones that are almost scarier. And if, if they're him. state, I see that setting a precedent, too. If like if, if Georgia is able to establish yeah, everything and then we've I mean, already set the precedent that yeah. you're not supposed to try to lie to get reelected by stealing yeah. the votes like we've been doing this. Oh. And assuming, it, you know, it, it, assuming state makers see uh, lawmakers see it go well in Georgia, they could be like, hey, we can do this in Texas now. We can do this in all the other states oh, that, yeah. you know, A.G. Paxton talking about uh, getting rid of votes, purging votes, all of it. It can all fall fall down. And again, it's this Nuda guy, N-A-U-T-A. Poor Apparently guy. he was working Poor with guy. Trump since January of 2021 they had them unloading the boxes and a lot so he was just like his number one stooge oh, that dude. just like the cartoon boxy guy yeah sure uh, sure sir and now he's again <laughs> your your life is over anyone that's touched this motherfucker's life Truly. has been yeah. devastated right cowboys for trump that shaman moron the shaman all these loyalists where are they now anyway behind bars and he ain't gonna help him out one goddamn bit all right well you all know that we'll keep on following that next week it'll be absolutely fascinating as i mentioned i believe earlier there's gonna be no cameras um mm-hmm. so what we saw with the da in manhattan we got a little perp walk they don't do that on any of the federal things so there'll be no cameras um, maybe someone will be drawing him. I don't freaking know, but that that uh, from that yes. perspective, it won't be the biggest spectacle. Um, but it'll be interesting. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, God knows more craziness. Uh, hail yourself, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll. 
like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply.